the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. And a good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, the 28th day of February 2024. And since it is a leap year, it is not the last day of February. We're going to squeeze one more day out of February, but it does indeed feel like February. We did achieve, took about a day and a half, we achieved that favorite Texas dance, the 50-degree swing, 94 afternoon before last, and 44 when I got up this morning. Well, there we are. We'll barely tap into the 50s today. Yesterday, I started out with this rant about weather and about climate. About I'm, I'm driving in. I don't even remember the network. I think it was CBS Radio. And it was like, uh, what was it? Not, it wasn't snow or something. It was, it was just some weather story out of New. Oh, um, it got warm in the northern Midwest, so I think they had like a tornado or something. Obviously, the which is hello local story. Tornado hits Dallas, local story. Tornado hits Fort Worth, local story. Tornado hits DFW, not a story in Seattle or Minneapolis. And all of these are designed to stoke and create climate alarm in you. But enough about that. Did that rant yesterday? Go listen to yesterday's podcast. This morning we have things to address. Last night, what a wonderful, wonderful gathering with Doctor G, Doctor Sebastian Gorka. Boy, did we have a blast at Cigars International. I have things to share about that, stories from the event, and thanks to all of you for showing up. It was absolutely great. I carry the memory with me. I carry the aroma with me. This was the... <laughs> Ron and I, uh, we, we, still fairly, we still fairly exude uh, Opasaxa Licenciado Maduro aromas just from standing in there. It was tremendous. And if cigars are your thing, this is... what. what a manly environment that is, quite frankly. Uh, there, that's something women can enjoy too, of course. I'm partially tongue in cheek, but you got Cabela's and then Cigars International, boom, boom, right next to each other up there at I 35 and 170. And it was it's great. Got big, comfy chairs, got a big old bar. Uh, and and we, we just had the time of our lives. It was great. But some of, uh, of Seb's content was really good, of course, to the surprise of no one. But he had a couple of things to share that I will share with you. Uh, we have a cool thing starting uh, tomorrow through the weekend. Uh, Moms for America, if you remember them, great conservative group standing up for uh, gender sanity and school sanity and all that good stuff. And they got a, a speaking of Dr. Gorka, I see going back to D.C. and then coming back to town for free. He's got a speaking gig in the next couple of days at the Moms for America event. And that is at the New Beginnings Church in Bedford starting tomorrow. And Gorka's there. Dr. Ben Carson coming in. 
Uh, so some other uh, uh, Congressman Jody Arrington of Texas, Angela Paxton, uh, some other folks uh, that, you know, and um, a country slash political star, John Rich of big and rich fame. And you see him on Fox all the time and you'll hear him uh, hang out with us for a couple minutes. Nine oh five. Big John Rich will join us. Nine oh five for for a little a preview of what's up at Moms for America over the weekend in the mid cities coming to our city. Little big and rich reference. So, um, a couple of references to other things we'll do today. Fort Worth ISD was up late. This is this is some old school talk show topicality. You ready? When we talk about schools and what they ought to be teaching about sexuality, uh, and it's funny because we have one of each in De- in the Denton ISD last night. They had uh, some back and forth over uh, gender insanity. Um, there, there were two, there are two books available to kids. One of them is Jacob's new dress. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Jacob wants to wear a dress to school. If I wrote that book, it has one page features a parent telling Jacob. No, maybe a second page where we get the family deep into counseling. And I'm deadly serious about this. I'm being cute. Uh, The other book is Jacob's Room to Choose. Room? What kind of room? Don't get ahead of me. (laughs) Or actually, you can. Yeah, Jacob uh, has a choice to make as to what uh, bathroom he wants to use. It's It's a cartoony kind of book. Jacob looks like he's about seven. So this kind of perversity is on the shelves in Denton, I mean, it's not like mandated curriculum, like, okay, kids, get out your copies of Jacob's New Dress, but it's on the library and you can go get it. Listen, even that, even that is a, is a, a hell no, excuse me. Uh, it is Denton, however, and so they voted to keep them. So those are the battles of today, where we really are actually facing battles today over whether things that are an offense to science, an offense to any normal value, an offense to psychological normalcy, an offense to mental health. Uh, It's a, it's a a dark cottage industry of people making all kinds of money, not just writing garbage books like this, but of course, performing horrific surgeries on our kids, blah, blah, blah. Can't believe that we're actually having this debate, but we are because there are people who are promoting this kind of, um, of evil. The old school debates, this takes me back. I mean, this takes me back to when I was in seventh grade. You ready? It's it's something your dad or granddad would tell you about. In Fort Worth, you know what they were talking about last night? Sex ed. Sex education for kids. That's a very broad subject. What what do you teach kids about sex? And then, of course, and now that's kind of funny. That so, I'm in seventh grade, more than more than fifty years ago, Prince George's County, Maryland, and it was a a trailblazing sex ed curriculum that they were like trying on us, and there were literally there were cameras, video cameras, early Stone Age video cameras, in the room at Roger B. Taney Junior High School, and uh, and and we. Stop paying attention to them after, although it, they start handing around contraceptive foam and we're 12. What do you think was going to happen? We're like throwing it around the room. Woohoo, hey, Billy. You know, they got us putting condoms on bananas. Like, what are you doing? 
We just thought it was hilarious. Did we learn something? Probably. Uh, but, but then, so that's 50 years ago. Then how long is this? Here comes the A word. How long has this been a, a deal? Because because this was not the deal in in 1969-70 in Prince George's County, Maryland. And that, of course, is abstinence, where the first thing you do, the first thing you teach a kid uh, about sex is don't have it. And I remember somebody, and it's funny, and then I remember the debate at the time. Like, well, you know, if you don't teach them all this stuff, then they're going to do it anyway. So, um, you know, we ought to teach them stuff like contraceptives and stuff. Mm. So can you... Can, can you tell a kid abstinence is best? And you don't want to say, well, but however, if you don't pay attention to me and you do decide to become sexually active when you're 16, here's how you don't get the girl pregnant. Uh, you know, and then you get into conversations that, you know, fathers have with their sons, parents have with their, you know, just, yeah, ah. so how, how do you navigate? And they're just uh, watching that story out of Fort Worth last night. And they did indeed vote to include abstinence. Good for them. And one of the arguments that somebody made was, we don't tell kids how to drive drunk. We tell them don't do it. A sexually active high school student is is a disaster. It's a moral disaster. It is a practical disaster. It is it is playing Russian roulette with your life. Uh, so there's only one responsible message: don't do it. And we don't. Te- and I know it's not apples and apples. But we don't tell kids, okay, if you're gonna you know knock down seven or eight beers, uh, drink a lot of coffee, you know, have some visine. Uh, you know, keep the window down if it's cold, you know, and do what you got to do and, you know, keep your eyes focused real tightly on that center line and, you know, et cetera. Don't, don't go too slow or too fast because that attracts police attention. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't teach your kids how to drive drunk. We tell them don't drive drunk. Does that analogy work? Does that analogy work? All righty. Uh, so I've, I'm going to hit the phones here in a minute. 866-660-5759. The, the, it's funny. Is it a big story? Of course. Uh, it, it was to the surprise of no one. Trump wins huge 40 some point win over Nikki Haley in Michigan. Uh, Biden uh, soundly beats uncommitted, although there was like 13 percent uncommitted. And that's kind of a protest vote of Democrats saying, hey, Joe, 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 over here. Uh, we want you to know that we are upset. This is mostly Michigan's Arab community. We're upset that you are supporting Israel so much. And in reply, the Israel supporters are frosty about Biden because he's not supporting Israel enough. What What is enough for these people? What is enough for the and, – and by the way, I don't just mean Arab voters. I mean folks who are largely creatures of the left, who are who hate Israel. And, and listen, if you're on the Palestinian side and a global you know turf dispute, that's fine. You can be on whatever side. But uh, actual uh, accommodation of Hamas – tolerance of the 10-7 attacks, and don't doubt me, this attitude does exist. Um, and, and those folks vote, and it's, uh, it, it, is it, it seems like every three or four days, Joe Biden sends somebody, or somebody decides to go. Joe Biden doesn't send anybody anywhere, um, except somebody to the store for, for ice cream. Um Somebody goes over to Israel and scolds them for winning. They can't this win. Can't have this winning. No, 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 hey, guys, you're killing way too much of the enemy. Stop it. And then the other day, you know, slurping on a cone, say, yeah, ceasefire by Monday. I think. I mean, no ceasefire on Monday. Ugh. Uh, 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 uh. So let's uh, let me hit calls. Got got Doctor Gorka stories from last night. 
He said, in short, um, thinks 2024, uh, reliability-wise, will be better than 2020. But amid all the questions of, can we win? What are we going to do? You know, will the, you know, will the elections be reliable? His answer was to put it right back out into the public and say, what are you going to do about it? In terms of winning a, a, a crossover state, are you going to generate enough appeal and support for Donald Trump so that he wins by, you know, five percentage points so even the cheating doesn't matter? Are you going to volunteer at the precinct level, at local party level to be a, a poll watcher? What are, what are you going to do? He said, we do radio shows. But what are you going to do? I thought that was a very good, very good question. Said uh, he's thrilled at the direction this is all going with with Trump, expects him to win in November. And uh, but then what he hopes for is that he has developed the wisdom. Trump has wisdom on a million things, obviously a lot of them business related. Now he has plenty of political experience as well after one term as president. As he embarks on the second term, he hopes he surrounds himself with people he can trust because, boy, that did not happen the first time. He told bone-chilling stories of having people deliver back alley messaging to him in the early days of the Trump White House that there were people, there were snakes and malcontents and traitors inside the Trump White House from day one who accepted his kind invitation to be part of the administration and then turned on it on day one. Um, that needs to not happen again. Okay, bunch more things, bunch more things going on, and uh, and we'll cover them all. 866-660-5759, and that's where you call us, and that's where you text us. So let's begin those transactions. We are in Fort Worth. Charles, happy Wednesday. How are you, sir? Great. Doing great, Mark. Hey. Listen, uh, it looks like that Donald Trump is going to be our nominee. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, I'm a Nikki Haley supporter. Uh-huh. And what, what worries me about this is we put all of our money on Donald. When the polls show that Nikki could beat Biden by a wider margin than Donald Trump. So if we if we get this, if we get what we want, we get Donald Trump and he loses and you end up with, you're going to have Kamala. There's no doubt there. Hmm. Is it going to be worth it? Is, is it worth it to go full board and get Kamala? Well, uh, what, well here, it's, it's February. The election is months away. So the question yeah. is, so the question is, what are we going to do to save this country? The, the choice has been made. All these polls, these, these esoteric, you know, how would the polls go, et cetera. Cause in, in, with Nikki Haley's admitted, uh, uh, lead over Biden that she showed in those. And by the way, good for her. But that's a lot of people. That's a lot of Democrats who know that Biden is near death and who find Nikki Haley acceptable, maybe saying, you know, sort of maybe kind of I would vote for her. It is a completely unreliable barometer. The idea of the success of a Republican candidate who at this point is reviled by so many Republican voters, the notion that that would be successful is a highly suspect notion. On the other hand, in Trump, you have somebody who has plenty of baggage, plenty of challenges, but has energized the conservative base like nobody since Reagan. So rather than sit here and dance on the head of a pin and say, how would this go versus how would that go? Let's live in the real world. And the real world shows a dominance of Trump in the modern GOP, and he is our only chance to prevent four more years of Biden. So that's what we focus on. And I hope you can do that, even having been a Haley supporter. She's an accomplished woman. I hope she has a political future in some fashion. I don't know as what, but good for her. She made it past all the other rivals. But now it's time to save the country. Will you be on board for that? 
what's the margin that he has right now? Isn't it like a point or two? Isn't that it? Oh, what nationally? Oh gosh, there's the, the there there. I think Biden still has a lead in a couple, but in most of them, he's got a one point or he's got a four point or a five point. But in national polls are meaningless. It's state by state. I shared from seven seven uh, battleground states, the important ones like uh, Arizona and Michigan and Pennsylvania, et cetera, uh, North Carolina. Uh, where he led Biden in all of them. Now, listen, guess what? That's a poll in February. Everything can change. But the notion that Trump can't win is a defeated narrative. Of course he can. So the question is, are we going to unite and help him? Will you unite and help him? No. Why not? (laughs) So so tell me why. Tell me why as a Nikki Haley supporter. And Nikki Haley came out against against open borders. Nikki Haley said some some very conservative things, and that wasn't good for her for doing so. So tell me, as a Haley supporter, why four more years of Biden are okay with you? I'm not happy with four more years of Biden either. Well, then, then, but, then why will you not do something to prevent it? Because if in in your in your declaration, we're in Texas. Trump's going to win Texas without breaking a sweat. But let's say we're in. Arizona. Let's say we're in Pennsylvania. Let's say we're in a, a crossover state. You are telling me that you would not support Trump, meaning that four more years of Biden is okay with you. So why is that? There's too much noise, Mark. There's just too much noise. So there's because there's too much noise. Open borders are okay with you. Gender insanity is okay with you. Inflation is okay with you because there's quote too much noise. Really? Uh, well, let's let's. He's a criminal, a racist, a narcissist. Really? I mean, you know, so, so because, but so because, uh, of, so because of these personal observations you have about Trump, four more years of Biden are okay with you. You're not answering the question I'm asking you. Tell me why four more years of Biden are acceptable for you, and and Trump, you don't like Trump, is not an acceptable answer. I think it's the end of democracy, basically. Okay, so 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 because you think because you believe that MSNBC believes that it's the quote. How is it the end of democracy if Trump gets more votes than Biden and becomes president? Tell me how that is the end of democracy, please. Because he wants the party to go in the direction that a lot of Republicans do, which is so far on the right that what? they can't right. they can't govern. It's more so so people who are more conservative than you are more repellent to you than Biden. So ta-da, now here we are. You are okay with liberalism. You are okay with a second Biden term. Learn it, live it, and own it. That's all. That's all. Well, 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 guess what? You you ain't going to get it back. The years of of, of Mitt Romney and John McCain and Paul Ryan, Nikki Haley, gone, at least for now. Maybe the moderates and the squishes will win it back. But for right now, it is Trump's party, and that is either okay with you or it's not. And if it's not, that means that Biden is. So just be honest with me and yourself. That's all I ask. 725. Remember a few months ago when Jason Aldean got a whole lot of press for trying that in a small town. Loved it. I think he cashed some royalty checks as a result of this as well. Jason Aldean is 47 today. Our first musical birthday. Try that in a 
All right, let's go to a big town. The big town is Jerusalem, and Mike is there, and he had an interview. He has sent me a snippet, uh, just an image of a, of an interview he had. I'm just going to let him talk about it, the people he's meeting, the stuff he's doing, the eyeballs that he's he's putting on the situation, the heart that he brings to the situation. Can't wait to have our chat with Mike Gallagher from Jerusalem next. 866-660-5759 is how you join us for the various topical uh, adventures that will uh, proceed thereafter. Right now, into the newsroom we go. I'm Mark Davis. Here's Nikki. I'm quick on the trigger with targets not much bigger than a pinpoint of number one. Can Mike Gallagher identify this Broadway star from uh, 9,000 miles away? You're confusing me because yes. that's not who pe- who played it on Broadway. Of course, <laughs> Ethel Merman played Annie Oakley on Broadway. First. Might have been a revival. 19, might have 1999. Been, yes, there was. And might that. have been Reba McIntyre in the in the revival. Is that <sighs> Reba? No, good Lord. Whoa, what? No, that, well, would, Reba, that would work. Reba no. McIntyre played Annie Oakley well, in Annie Get Your Gun. Well, there apparently been a whole lot of revivals. No, 99. This oh. was 99. This is a woman who would have also been in... Uh, Mac and Mabel, Sunday in the Park with George, Song and Dance, In the Woods, Bernadette Goodbye Peters? Girl, Bernadette Peters! Boom, that we have a winner. Bernadette. That didn't even, didn't yes, even sound was. like Bernadette. Well, yeah, she, she she played her too. That wasn't one of the most successful revivals. <laughs> They've done a gazillion. Well, no, and she's a legend. I don't mean to oh, say anything negative she's about great. her. And she is 76. Yeah. 76 wow. today. I remember my her from Matt, two. My, from, go ahead, a crush? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. My, my son, Matt, has, the, has had a lifelong yep. crush on yep. Bernadette Peters. Yep. He always said, Dad, if you were really all that, you'd get me to meet <laughs> her. bring her home. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want to meet her? He's wanting to meet her. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. My memories of her, my, my, my one, two memories of her are two Steve Martin movies. She was in, in uh, The Jerk with him, 1979, and then Pennies from Heaven in 1981. Uh, she was in Silent Movie, the Mel Brooks uh, classic from 1978. So, anyway, happy birthday, Bernadette Peters. Speaking of of people and the performing arts, you have, there's a still photo you sent to me. Can we start there and then go wherever you want in your amazing adventure? Ventures in Jerusalem. It's a picture of Mike interviewing a young lady, and she was in a particularly newsworthy and noteworthy location and survived. She was at the music festival that was the ground zero for the uh, the Hamas attacks on October seventh. I can only imagine what it was like to hear her story. Well, we were at Hostage Square, and it's very strange the the two schedules that we're on because normally this is first thing in the morning. I get my day started with you. And then I do the show, but the way it is in Israel, since we're eight hours ahead of you, mm-hmm. um, because right now it's 3.40 in the afternoon, mm-hmm. um, I'm doing all my work for our Israel coverage uh, during the day, and then when I get to talk to you first thing in the morning, your time, my day is kind of winding down. So mm-hmm. today's visit was to Israel, uh, was to Tel Aviv, and we went to Hostage, Hostage Square. Mark, Hostage Square has been an area that, a big open park area, kind of a plaza, I should say in front of the big Tel Aviv Art Museum, and it's outside the library. It's really in the heart of Tel Aviv. And it has been turned into this giant tribute and memorial to those who have died and who though, to those who are still being held hostage in Gaza City. There are pictures everywhere. And incidentally, ain't nobody tearing down any flyers here in Israel. I can I imagine not. I imagine That does not, not. happen here. Mm-hmm. These people, uh, and there's such beautiful, beautiful tributes. There's a giant 
uh, Shabbat table, uh, a table set for, for Shabbat dinner, representing all of the people who are held hostage right now in Gaza. There's a giant tunnel that is a replica of the Ga- one of the Gaza tunnels where the hostages are, sur- are currently being held. And as you walk through it, they have gunfire on, uh, on speakers that, that are piped in oh to replicate what these poor people are experiencing right now as we speak. And in- incidentally, a quick note about the flyers that I see everywhere. Mark, so many of them are young kids. They're young people. They're kids in their teens and their early 20s. And one of those young people is a beautiful young woman named Noah Kalash. Noah is 23 years old. She's a college student. And she and her boyfriend were at the Nova Music Festival that we've all seen the videos of the, the paragliders that the, of the terrorists who dropped in uh, and the massive attack. That was at the crack of dawn. A lot of people don't know this. It was 6.30 in the morning by design because the festival was supposed to start that Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And it was early in the morning. And Noah and her boyfriend were with a lot of their dear friends when the, the gunfire rang out, the bloodshed began. They knew that something awful was happening. They, they jumped into their vehicle to try to drive away. They saw in front of them a line of cars and the terrorists with guns. They were shooting into all the cars and killing all the people in front of them. So they immediately, immediately made a U-turn. And they went back in the other direction. And then the boyfriend realized, we're going to get killed. They're going to shoot us in our car. So they pulled off to the side of the road, they got out of the car, and they ran into the middle of a field. And remember, the Noah Music Festival was in kind of a desert-like condition. It's like Israeli Coachella. Uh, It's just a big festival, lots of people there for a number of days. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so they're in the middle of this open area, and they saw a bush, a giant bush that was like a mushroom-shaped bush. They thought, this will provide us with some cover. And they broke some branches, and they both crawled into this bush, and they hid there. For eight hours. Mm. For eight hours, the gunfire erupted all around them. They heard the screams. They heard the, the blood-curdling cries as people were being murdered. People were being shot uh, in, the, in, the, in the bushes. Yeah. Uh, the terrorists would just systematically and methodically execute people. They were kept safe. And, Mark, I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you as emotional as it made me. This young, beautiful young girl, Noah, told me earlier today... I didn't believe in God until that day. Now I believe in God because God protected my boyfriend and me. And she said, after we finally got out, out after eight hours, and incidentally, the terrorists were portraying Israeli military and police officials. Mm -hmm. They had fatigues on with the Israeli uniform, and they were saying in Hebrew, come out, come out, everything is safe. Um, And she knew that. She knew that. She had her phone with her, and it was fully charged, thank goodness. Mm. And she told her boyfriend, we're not leaving this bush until they call our name. If they don't call our name, we're not leaving this this area of of cover. Finally, after eight hours, the rescuers located them. Of course, she was pinging their location on her phone. Mm -hmm. They called her by name, and she left. Now, she was asked about the bush. uh, Friends of hers told her that... The bush is called a jarquad, G-H-A-R-Q-A-D. If you look it up in Wikipedia, in Islam, the term jahard is used to describe a type of tree that, according to Islamic tradition, will seek to protect the Jews 
from the Muslims wow. during a great apocalyptic battle. Okay. That's the Wikipedia definition. She's convinced that was the kind of bush that kept her and her boyfriend safe. The terrorists never found them, and she felt like she has a brand new lease on life. And you, I mean, I can't wait to share my interview with her later today, Mark, because she's so poised. She's so strong. Mark, she lost three of her best friends who were murdered that day. And her single best friend, Mora, is right now a hostage in Gaza City. Uh, she, she, they don't know her fate, but she is being held currently in captivity along with so many others. So it was just an amazing, amazing visit. I have a little tag. I bought a bunch of them that I'm going to bring home with me. And it says in Hebrew, our hearts are in Gaza right now. And then it says in English, bring them home now. And these little dog tags are, are sort of a, a commemorative reminder of, of all that's at stake. And if we can pull it off, I'm going to try to, to share some of these dog tags with our donors for our International Fellowship of, of, uh, of, of Christians and Jews campaign. And this is kind of cool, speaking of the campaign, to raise, because the fellowship is providing, as you know, um, armored vehicles, flak jackets to civilians. They're building bomb shelters. I mean, they are there in a moment when the need is the greatest. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to the south. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to one of the war zones. There's a war zone in the north of Israel. There's a war zone in the south. North is Hezbollah. The south is Hamas. They're taking me in an armored vehicle. We've got security, and they're going to give me my own flak jacket and my own helmet to wear on this uh, journey. And I I know we're going to be just fine, but I came up with an idea. Since we're trying to raise money for the the fellowship, Mm -hmm. how about when I get back to the States, we auction off the flak jacket that I'll wear tomorrow, and we'll auction off the helmet that I'm going to wear to the highest There's a memento. Wow. That's a pretty – you talk about a connection to Israel and a way to support a beautiful ministry like the fellowship, but kind of a cool way to to, to do that. We will look for that. We like to get creative. So, yeah, so we'll tell you all about that. This is why you're there. My gosh, this is – and listen, I knew that there would be stories that would be about about breaking news and about the developments and just all the things we're reading about in the headlines, and I knew they would be stories of you and, and and your heart and what you bring there, I just just thank you, thank you, thank you again. Oh, and I want to make sure I want to make sure people know that about four or five minutes ago, when you mentioned, uh, yeah, they're not tearing the flyers down in Israel. I want to make sure everybody remembers, and and this may still be happening to some degree, but in major American cities where Israel supporting people would would put images of hostages on a telephone pole or a lamppost in a major city, invariably pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas people would come by and tear them down. Like, what? Correct. Listen, if you want to be Correct. on the Palestinian side, be on the Palestinian side. Fine. But but this kind of pro-Hamas, oh, we, we can't have this attention drawn to hostages taken by the evil Hamas terrorists. And then some of these folks were confronted. Why are you doing this? Why are you taking this uh, this thing down? What does that do to your cause? And they were just bah, bah, bah. so and and, and well, they dumped. probably said they probably said stand with Palestine, oh, stand or free, with free, Palestine. free Palestine. And these were some free of the people. Palestine. These are some of the and, people and, who voted uh, uncommitted in the like ten or thirteen percent in the Michigan primary, yep. won yep. overwhelmingly by Trump. But Biden won as well. But these were some people who who are just not satisfied that Biden well, has not, not Biden has not been pro Palestinian enough. Go figure. Not 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 only that, but uh, I mean. 
mean, look at the look at the young airman. What was he? Twenty five years old from yeah, San Antonio, geez. who who burned himself alive yep. while screaming "Free Palestine." And he's a hero. And he's a hero now to to many on the bug eyed pro Hamas left. Good it, lord! And, and and I will and I will tell you, it's been kind of a joy and a pleasure to be here in Israel, where that kind of protest doesn't exist. No. There's not. Believe me, you don't have any anti semitism here. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it would be a very strange place. Yeah. To see <laughs> A bad protests. place to bring your anti-Semitism. <laughs> there are protests, and it has to do with Bibi Netanyahu. Mm-hmm. It has to do with how there was such a security lapse, and make no mistake, there was. Mm-hmm. But it's a different kind of protest. And I've spoken to people here, to, to Jews here in Israel, about the anti-Semitism we're seeing in America. And frankly, they don't get it. They're, they're, be, they're completely bewildered. Why would these, one lady said to me yesterday, why would the intellectuals of college computers, campuses be tearing down flyers and standing with Hamas. And I said, ma'am, if you can figure it out, please well, no, share it with no, me. No, but no, hey, ten seconds. She answered her own question. What is the definition of intellectual these days? And where are these things happening in academic settings where our schools, our, 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 second, our, our, our higher education is just filled with the poisons of radical leftism? Radical leftism leans you toward Hamas, leans you toward Palestine. Conservatism can. These are generalizations, but they're true. Can lean you toward Israel. People who love America tend to love Israel. The people who are pro-Palestine often absolutely hate America. Hatred of America is woven through higher education. Boom, there's your explanation. There it is. Well, so today you'll hear my conversation with this beautiful young woman, this brave soul, Noah. We're going to talk to uh, one of the Israeli commanders on the southern front. Uh, And again, that's where we're headed tomorrow for our final day and then back to the United States this uh, coming weekend. And this has been, I mean, from the spiritual journey at the City of David to Hostage Square today to the uh, to the southern border tomorrow. I mean, it, this has just been a journey that I'll never forget, and I'm so blessed to be able to share it with you every morning, Mark. I mean, you and I both work for a company where they they don't mind us professing our faith whenever we feel like it. You start every morning with a prayer. Uh, I get sent to Israel to to partner with the, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, and we stand with Israel. And how lucky we are, Mark, to to both get to work for a company like this one in an organization that supports our work. It's just a, it's a real pl- privilege and a blessing. My well, friend. we are so ready for your show and ready to get back with you tomorrow. But Mike's actual show lays out with all of the details of what he just talked about. 10 o'clock, as soon as we're done. Be safe, my friend. We'll be following you yes, at Radio sir. Talker Mike, MikeOnline.com. All the Mike Gallagher Show resources available for you for his Jerusalem. Trip. Thank you, Mike. 751. Mark Davis, be right back. You're sitting down wondering what it's all about. This works. You ain't got no money. In the way, 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 way back machine, the second big hit by Peggy Lee. Like some other men do. And why don't you do right? That's just a good theme every day. Peggy Lee, born Norma Dolores Engstrom. It's not a birthday or anything. Just wanted to share that for all the North Dakotans out there. The great Peggy Lee. Alrighty, hey, here is uh, is something we do with regularity, and usually it's one of the first things uh, right out of the broadcast box. But you know what? If it winds up uh, falling in a little later, then maybe some folks hear it who ordinarily don't. So, Lord, guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. We thank you every day for this blessed nation and for your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. 
Lord, these are times of trial and challenge, so lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America where our Constitution is honored, our schools and public spaces are safe, our elections are reliable, our borders work where we protect the unborn, and we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two genders you created and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our great state of Texas, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything. And we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. Little prayer, little Peggy Lee. Sounds like a nice capper to the 7 o'clock hour, huh? Now that we've done right. Like some other men. Let's head into the 8 o'clock news. Come back out the other side. Our call we took a few minutes ago give me a, gives me a thought about what a lot of my heavy lifting is going to be moving forward. Then we'll also talk about some school issues in Denton and Fort Worth and various other things in the news overnight. And the big thing in the news overnight, shocker, Trump absolutely stomps Nikki Haley again. And our evening last night with Dr. Gorka, it was great. Got some highlights to share and various other things to share. And you can share back with us at 866-660-5759. That is where you call us. That is where you text us. And we're so glad you are here on this Wednesday, the 28th of Feb, 2024. Mark Davis, be right back. Like some of the men do. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.